right. Awesome. Okay, so today I am joined by one of the members of the MMA Brothers podcast. And I just want to say, Asher, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, unfortunately, Darren couldn't be here, but I'm glad to have one of you on. Now, the reason why I wanted to get you on board, man, is lately on, on social media, you guys have been absolutely killing it. You've been putting out podcasts quite frequently and putting out content quite frequently. One thing that was uh, impressed me about you guys is how quickly you guys get out some of that content, like uh, like within the space of like an hour or sometimes even less of a fight or fight news, you guys get it out really quickly. Uh, so that's the best thing I wanted to ask you. How do you get everything out so fast? <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly, it's been just like tips and tricks of being out there and learning how like um, um, everything works. So one tip I would give is usually uh, hashtags um are the key to like finding content quickly and reposting it so for example um let's just say um who fought this past weekend uh islam makachev and tiago yeah. moises right so the hashtag for that was ufc vegas 32 or 31 or something and so if you go on instagram and you actually click on that hashtag and you can see between the top posts and like the recent posts right so from there i can see other pages or other whatever that are talking about it and i'll usually just grab a screenshot of that and then from there i'm able to just like you know paste it and say like hey what do you guys think of like the main event and stuff like that and that's how i can get it out pretty quickly so it's not necessarily me that's like you know i'm finding the content online then repurposing it and then posting it so that's how it works that's really good. Now, it's actually a good thing that you brought up Islam Makachev. I was going to ask about that later on, but since mm -hmm. we're on the topic, we may as well jump to it now. Uh, what was your thoughts on his performance on Sunday? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people were saying he should have got the 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 finish much earlier. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, Thiago Moises is a is is a BJJ guy. Like, that's his specialty, right? So. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, people are excited to see how he would do against a guy like that because everybody else that's a striker going against Makachev, they know is going to take him down and, you know, submit and beat him on the ground and stuff like that. So it wasn't a, um, a bad performance. It was kind of shocking to see him get the rear naked choke finish. So, um, yeah, I was kind of impressed by him. What about you? I was, I was impressed. I actually agree with you. I did think he was going to finish the fight a lot earlier because he did have his back for a majority of the fight and he did have multiple attempts in the rear naked choke. So I thought he was going to finish in there and then. But one thing that really improved a lot is his striking. Uh, you know, there's that little uh, meme going around saying that Khabib transferred his soul into Islam, you know, he never really retired. It's the same with Tony Ferguson to Oliveira. And I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. I just think... Islam, Islam's got the striking now down a lot better. I feel like standing up, he could have finished the fight standing up. Uh, mm -hmm. And then obviously he got the rear naked in. But what uh, I thought was a little bit uh, strange for me was like you got number nine going up against number 14 and he's on like an eight fight winning streak right now. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to give him a higher op opponent. Uh, I was hoping that maybe he was going to get Bernal Darouche because I thought that would have been a great fight because mm. obviously we know Bernal Darouche is one of the best scrap grapplers in the lightweight division, you know, mm. in the way that he beat Tony Ferguson. But we know that Bernal is out now because of obviously he's taking some time off because yeah. of the fact that he's got a child now. Anyway, yeah. Um, moving on from there, I, I wanted to 
ask you, man. So you've been doing your podcast for quite some quite some time now. Is it roughly two, three years? Yeah, so it was it's been about two years now. Um, and we kind of took a little bit of a break from from podcasting and stuff because I've just been so busy with other stuff. And I've been mm-hmm. primarily focusing more of my time on Instagram um, for, for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, the podcast was going well. Um, we didn't really get as much luck with trying to get actual fighters on the podcast because that's always a tough one, especially when you're kind of small. Uh, so reaching out to all these people was a little bit of a struggle. But in terms of Instagram, um, that has been working out much better for us in terms of engagement, in terms of putting out a lot of content and stuff like that. So we are getting uh, a lot of um, people enjoying the post, liking and commenting and stuff, which is great to see. Um, and yeah, hopefully the, the the growth continues, which has been exciting. Um, and yeah, it's always nice to engage with also the other pages too. I got to know a few of the other people in the community. This is, uh, we've talked a couple of times um, in the, uh, in the yeah. meetings, but this is the first time we're actually speaking to each other. Um, and it's been also nice to engage with all the other people that are in the yeah. community. So. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's really what we need to be doing because, you know, we're, there's a lot of MMA podcasts out there nowadays and there's a lot of fighters, but if you think about it, they're a fighter at all the hours they've got to do in a day. And then obviously, mm. because we're quite small, they don't want to really devote a lot of time to someone who's quite small. Obviously, when someone is bigger. So I thought the mm. best way we can grow is just by like at least helping each other out. Mm. Uh, and what was the other thing I was going to say? In terms of, I wanted to ask you actually about your Instagram, because you you guys do really well. I definitely um, am seeing that as a grow for you guys. Because one thing you guys do that's so good is that you put up a post and you or you put a little bar with a little uh, writing underneath and then you got the video. Mm. And in your experience, like, do you find that those sort of posts, like little small little clips or small little videos, are the best uh, for you to post? Yeah, honestly, we got to like uh, trial and error because in the beginning, I started with the just like reposting stuff like you know some page posts something whether it's a funny thing or a funny meme or you know some result just reposting that and then i found like that wasn't engaging as much because the followers of people on instagram already seen that somewhere else so then i kind of thought okay we kind of need to get a little original with what we're trying to do and so i got to um playing around with canva do you know what canva is yeah, and I can, but yeah. 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 yeah, so I started playing around with Canva. And then, you know, I didn't really have too many skills with regards to that. But again, just playing around with it over time, I did get a little better with making designs on there and stuff. And so after that, I, I don't know how the idea of like creating the bar and like the question there popped in my head, but it just randomly uh, became a thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to just like stick to this. And I found it's just easier to kind of grasp uh someone because like as you're scrolling through it's like not everybody reads like the bio or like the description of what you've written so i Mm -hmm. find like maybe having the actual message or the core value of that post in the picture yeah create more engagement is my guess so i've never asked anybody like why are you commenting is it because of that or whatever but i'm assuming that's why because sometimes people create short um descriptions and some people make them long but to me honestly with me i usually scroll through pretty quickly i see if i don't like it or if i don't engage with it within a couple seconds i move on you know what i mean so i think getting that bar is has been has been helpful i usually go with the idea that if you don't get them in the first three seconds you're not going to get them and then you also have to be brutally honest with yourself. Like, do you want to see this in your feed? 
And then uh, uh, one thing that I believe me and my partner, Jay, we've had to take time to think about is don't post for the sake of posting. Post mm. for something that you're actually quite proud of. And mm. then that's why I've been spending a lot of time in Photoshop, at least trying to get something more beneficial. But because I, you guys... Uh, yeah, sorry, you're okay. gone? No, I was just going to say another thing too is also just trying to be original because one yeah. thing that like you know, it's hurt. It's hurt me a couple of times uh, because people are, the internet's negative. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like there's a lot of toxic people out there. I, th- I think of an idea and like, oh, that would be funny or it's a little bit, um, what's the word? Risky, I guess, to make a post mm. like that. But I posted anyways because I'm like, I could post a cookie cutter thing about like, oh, that was a good fight or blah, blah, blah. But like, again, these people that are following they also follow other pages too that are posting the exact same thing. So I always think to myself, I'm like, how can I differentiate myself? How can I be original? How can I make something, someone pause for a second when they see this post? And that's what I'm just trying to do. Um, sometimes it works out. Some people get angry. Sometimes people love it and stuff. And yeah, that's the way it goes. Good to hear. So do you guys like have any form of like social media, like strategy that you go throughout the week? Like, do you do a post on a Monday or do you do a video on Tuesday? Like how does it break down? Like what's your little game plan? Um, no, not necessarily. So I know the engagement tends to be high, obviously on the weekends when there's a fight card that's happening. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm trying to think actually how I structure it. Usually I just kind of like, I'll go through the news. So the first thing I'll do is um, I'll take a look at what other pages are posting. Usually if it's MMA fighting or MMA Island or all these other websites that are posting stuff related to fight, I'll check them out and I'll see, okay, this is what's happening in the fight, in the fight world. And then usually, because I know I will never be first to post something. Like, I won't be. That's just not, like, I don't have the sources. I don't have the network of people to DM me saying, like, hey, you post this fight news. So I don't even try and engage in that world, right? I I know I'm going to take an L there if I try and repost stuff based on fight news. So I always take that, okay, so this fight has been announced, or Justin Gaethje is about to fight, or Tony Ferguson is doing this or whatever. Then I think about how I can create an engaging post based on what I've heard or based on what other people have seen. Because again, again, a bunch of other pages would be posting that news, which would be like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But then if they see something that's a little bit different, then I'm going to be like, oh, this is interesting. And so that's kind of like my game plan. So I don't have a strategy to say Monday, I need to post this, Tuesday, I need to post that. I used to do a thing of like, um, you know, um, what is it? Quote of the weeks or like, uh, not throwbacks on facts and stuff like that but i found mm-hmm. those like a little bit <laughs> too uh too time consuming to like go and find something or find like a fact that nobody knows about so i kind of gave up on that but those ones are good too because again it's also different from what people are seeing on their timeline so that's kind of like the strategy that i've kind of stuck with oh, that's very good that's, that's pretty original so now walk me through your podcast with you and your is it your brother uh, yeah daryl yeah, yeah. yeah. Darren. Uh, so what uh, like inspired you guys to start this podcast? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like originally I kind of got my brother Daryl into it. Um, I was like, yo, 
you know this UFC thing is kind of new like it's it's cool and stuff and he wasn't really into it but then eventually we found ourselves watching it together um with friends and stuff like that and I've always just wanted to do something different. I'm like, you know, I went to school for accounting and that shit was boring. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of wanted to do something else, you know? Um, and so, I don't know, one day we're just chatting and I'm like, oh shit, it would be cool if we started a podcast. And I, I honestly don't know how the idea came up, but it just did somehow. And then I was like, all right, let's do it. And then, you know, didn't work out like too, too well in the beginning. Again, it was a little bit of a struggle, but now we kind of have a little bit of a flow, which is nice. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. Uh, now you now that along the lines of coming down all these podcasts and put out all these episodes. One thing I like about you guys is you. There is no um, sort of main set structure to it, you know. Uh, some podcasts, you know, they do like like Joe, for example. Joe Rogan does like his three hours, his two hours, or one hour. You guys like you get these little short twenty five minutes. 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Was it always like that or down the line as you go, okay, this is what we're going to do? No, it was just um, in terms of creating actual podcasts, no, no real set formula or structure to it. Um, yeah, it was just fun just kicking it and having guests on talking and stuff like that so in terms of because like on youtube we don't we haven't had or youtube or on the podcasting side we haven't had much success to be honest most of the success that we've had has been on instagram so i'm not gonna pretend like i i know the answers when it comes to that side of things but um one thing that um yeah i'm just learning as i go in terms of instagram looking and seeing like okay why is this page popular okay they're popular because of this like why is that page popular okay they're popular because of that i noticed a lot of like <clears throat> pages on ig that tend to be doing well tend to be like meme accounts right yeah um, i think the reason why they're popular is because they're different they're original you know they're not there to share like the news with you they're there to like make you laugh or to yeah. something funny and stuff and i know there's a ton of mma pages that are doing podcasts which are all you know struggling a little bit but that's why i guess they kind of do well but yeah um sorry i'm going a little <laughs> round okay. and around with no. asking you a question that's okay because i agree with you on that point about the whole memes thing because if you say if you look at what you go through instagram if i find something that's really funny like a good meme i am highly likely to send that to someone i know because i know it's going to get a laugh out of them but if I see, see a little bit of news, you know, I'm not going to send that to someone really, unless yeah, I had to send it to my mate, you know, to, which, which we can discuss on the podcast and talk, talk about. But that's usually how it goes. So I understand why meme pages are very popular. Um, and also because those things are usually like shared by like, oh, go follow this page, go follow this page. You know, they help collaborate with each other. Um mm. Anyway, so now, because you've been doing this for a lot longer than me, and I, you're, it's okay about when you said not having on the ice, that's fine. But I wanted to ask you, man, along along the road, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a podcaster? Um, audio matters. Audio matters a lot. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, I, in the beginning, would just, you know, speak into my phone or do whatever and stuff. And microphones that are, like, decent, like this mic that I'm using right now, I can't even remember how much I spent on it. Like, it was really, like, maybe 
fifty dollars or something. Nothing too yeah. expensive, but it sounds decent. It's not like you know a high quality mic, but it's something that like when somebody's gonna listen to it, like if the audio is shit, they're gonna literally turn it off within you know a couple seconds, right? So yeah. I would say audio matters. Um, then again, obviously originality, right? Like if you're gonna be a podcast that's just gonna talk about like oh this guy won that guy won like i can hear that from a hundred different places right so again trying to have that that's something that is different from everybody else it's something that i learned too and also um it doesn't necessarily have to be like the person speaking maybe it's like a segment in the show that is different from everybody else because i know someone like uh, Brendan Schaub, for example, in his podcast, he does like the fan questions or he would do like a section where it's like uh, re- uh, not recent news, I guess recent news or whatever, stuff like that, where like there's a structure to it. So when people listen, they know what they're going to get. They're going to get some fight news. They're going to get some what happened or what's coming and whatever. And like they can look forward to some things. So I think that's that's helpful. And. Also, um, I noticed, I don't know if you've heard of Fiverr. Have you heard of Fiverr before? I've, I've heard of Fiverr before, but can you break it down for those who don't know? Yeah, so there's a, a website called Fiverr, which is like a freelance website where people with certain skills or whatever can um, help you, whether it's creating an intro for your podcast, whether it's, um, I don't know if it's podcast editing, whatever. They offer a bunch of different services, not just for podcasting, for anything, whether it's like creating uh, digital art, whether it's whatever. So mm-hmm. like the the um, logo that we have for our Instagram page, I bought it off of a guy from Fiverr. So I was going on there, I was looking at some designs that he had and I was like, wow, this guy is actually pretty good. So mm-hmm. I hit him up and I forget how much I paid for it, but told him what I wanted. I was like, oh, I wanted to look like this, blah, 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 blah. And then he made the design and he, he sent it to us and I was like, great. Then even like the podcast intro, we we hit up another guy on Fiverr who's like this radio dude. Um, and he has done this for a long time and he charged like 20 or 30 dollars i can't remember how much it was but he made a sick ass intro right like you send him the script like what do you want us to say and then um after that like he sent us a file of him speaking and putting some like cool music to give him the vibe that you want and then yeah he sent it back i was like bro this shit sounds so good um and then um yeah after that uh you kind of start to put the pieces together and then realize like oh this looks good this looks good that and then just trying to learn from everybody else that's doing it better than you so wow okay so fiverr so how much is fiverr so you sound like fiverr's helped you a lot along the line is yeah it has so again it's literally not like an it's 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 a website that people with skills post their services online so people you can get a a price for something that'll cost more based on the person that you're looking for. So just looking at reviews, you, I think they have a podcast section probably in the website. Wow, you can okay. see how people can help you and stuff. But again, this costs money, right? So if you want to yeah, do it like the, Yeah. You got to spend money to make money, man. That's how it works in this <laughs> industry. You know, you got to spend all that money to, to, buy the, uh, to buy the microphone. I can't imagine the amount of money I spent as well on the podcast. But then again, like that's how you... Yeah, how eventually it all pays off, you know. So, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's where I spent a little bit of money um, to make things look a little prettier, sound a little prettier, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of it um, yeah. for podcast tips. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. So audio, good visual, 
you know, and for me, the only thing I want to add to that is time. Like, uh, right off the bat, I don't think you can get, like, you know, top stars into just any local podcast. I feel like you need to just be as patient as you can. The reason why Joe's, like, the number one is just because he's been doing this for, I think he's been doing it for more than a decade now, you know? Yeah, more than 10 years. Yeah, and usually if I always say to my friends, if you want to become like a uh, like really full on dedicate yourself to something, you need like that ten thousand hours and ten years of practice, and that way it's eventually real. So I mean, we're one year in already, and you know it is already I barely know that much, but there's so much more to learn. But and again, uh, that's it's doing what we enjoy, and if you enjoy learning, it's really what matters. Uh, now that's the podcast side of things done. Now we can move over to the MMA side. That's kind of the conversation I wanted to bring you to because there's a lot of like, there's, there's I don't think there's ever been so much news, so much drama, and so much personality in the MMA world right now. Um, so I just had a whole bunch of things that's like the hot topics and trending right now. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is right off the bat, you know, we had Conor McGregor fight uh, last week, a uh, couple of weeks ago, the Dustin Poirier and the break in the leg. Recently he came out and said that he uh, busted it in training and that he said that Dana White knew about the leg break and that he was offered to tape up his leg, but he refused to. What's your take on the whole situation? Do you think he's pulling a Deontay Wilder here and just looking for excuses? <laughs> the thing is yeah sorry the thing is um i actually just made a post about this a couple of days ago and it blew up um a lot of people were leaving leaving a lot of hate comments but pretty much what i just said was like hey you know mcgregor was out here and not just mcgregor his coaches are also part to blame about this they say oh it's the best training camp it was like the best mcgregor's blah 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 mcgregor would knock out the guy who fought alvarez in ufc 205 and blah 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 and i get it like i'm not saying like you shouldn't say those things like it's like obviously you should hype your fight it's uh not just physical it's also mental you're trying to get an advantage over your opponent i get all of those things but what i was saying is it looks bad it looks bad when you say all that stuff and then after the fight say hey I had a, you know, micro fractures in my shin or whatever he had in his leg. I'm not denying that that stuff didn't happen, but I was just trying to say, like, what do you think about this thing? Fighters are out here. Chris Weidman, all, name all of them. They say, like, yeah, I was the best and whatever. And after they lose, well, yeah, my neck or whatever and stuff like that. All I'm saying is, like, can't a fighter just say, like, you know what? I don't care how my training camp went. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to destroy this dude. To me, that comes off way different versus like, oh, like it was the best time. Like, like not everything went perfect. And then when you lose, you're making excuses. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's a little yeah. bit different. I'm not saying expose what your injury is, but tell them that your arm is hurt or whatever. But I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like that type of stuff because it takes credit away from Poirier, right? I'm not saying yeah. that McGregor is lying, but I'm saying that it's like, I don't know, dude, especially someone like McGregor, who's been known to be, you know, when he takes an L, like he's like very, um, what's the word? Um, very respectful. And gracious. But, yeah. yeah, gracious. So it was yeah. a little odd. And I don't like the stuff that was going on with him saying like, you know, the death threats and talking about his wife and whatever. But yeah. anyways, well, I don't want to. She got the last laugh, you know. Did you see that video or that photo of her flipping in the bird in the middle of the octagon? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think it was a bit interesting that he was more 
concerned about it being a doctor stoppage rather than, you know, he didn't beat me, he didn't beat me or doctor stoppage. And mm. I was like, okay. So he's trying to control the narrative in a way. And I also mm. thought it was really, I was actually impressed by the way he uh, responded to the leg break. Like, um, you remember when Weidman and Silva, again, different injuries, but they broke mm. that thing and they were howling, screaming around in pain. Mm. Obviously, I, I couldn't ever take something like that. But the way that he responded, where he was that, that iconic image of him all angry and Joe's holding the mic yeah. back to his face, I think that's, I think that's probably like very, very uh, tough, barrel-hardened way to respond to something like that. Yeah. It's a legendary photo, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. the next thing I wanted to ask you, man. What's what do you think should be next for him? Do you reckon he should get the he should have a four, a potential four fight? With Poirier and be the fourth fight, I think it's the big will be the fourth, first time there's ever been a fourth fight between two guys in the UFC. Or do you think McGregor should take some time off and come back and fight someone else? I think you're right. It might be the first time there's a fourth fight um, in the UFC. Dana White does sound like he wants to do it. Uh, Dustin Poirier has mentioned that he is willing to do it again. Um, he didn't close the book on it. And, yeah. you know, the McGregor fans are obviously going to eat it up. McGregor is going to talk his shit. And, you know, a lot of people said like, oh, you know, he got beat up um, in the first round. It would have been worse in the second. I don't I don't necessarily agree because McGregor has had fights like the Chad Mendes mm-hmm. fight, for example, where the first round went the exact same way. Like in the first minute or so, McGregor's doing well, but then Chad gets a takedown. I remember he cut up McGregor on his eyebrow and stuff, and like he was doing some ground and pound. The second round went the exact same way. He got taken down, ground and pounded, and then McGregor ended up finishing the fight in the second round. So it could have gone that way. We never know certainly how the fight would have played out. So I can see how the UFC will play that narrative, and McGregor will probably reference a fight like that to say like, hey, you think I was done. Like, look at what happened before in the past. Do I want to see it? I want to see probably McGregor fight somebody else, probably like a Diaz, to be honest. Like, I want to see him get that fight out of the way. Don't focus on Poirier, because Poirier is probably probably going to be champ. Like, I see the Oliveira fight, like, not going well for Charles, because Dustin is just such a beast. Um, And I don't want to see McGregor and Poirier 4 for the belt. That is just like, ah, dude, like, I don't know. I want to see him fight Diaz. And then he's probably going to beat the team of Diaz. And as long as he doesn't gas out, he's going to get that win. <laughs> and then at least you've had those runs under his belt, then go face Poirier again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I believe that it would be nice or I prefer it more if um, McGregor for RDA. I mean, that would be a good fight for him because I think McGregor's dropped right down in the rankings now. So I think he's about seventh roughly and then yeah, he's still in the top nine. 10 yeah mm. 10 for ninth. and i feel like a really good fight for him would be rda because they can control the narrative when rda was meant to fight him and then he broke his foot before the fight and he couldn't fight him so i feel like that would be a great fight for him next um uh, and you know do i want to see mcgregor for here for i would say yes but for the title no thank you but the idea that poirier eventually does become champion is most likely so if it would be then again i'm going to go back on what i said but if connor wants to come back and fight for the prairie for the title he has to at least get one win or two wins under his belt that's what i'm going to say um anyway uh, one, one last on. thing I'll, yeah go on. one last thing i want to say is also 
I know McGregor will try to come back faster than he should. That is like guaranteed. Because they're gonna like you know what this is July the fight happens, so he should be out at least a year. So he should be fighting next really? summer, but at least like at least one year, I think. Uh, what do you think? It's funny that you mentioned that because he said that his surgery went well. He's on crutches for six weeks and then he's back. I was thinking more of six to eight months, you know, because you know there's some guys like Tony Ferguson they destroy the entire ACL and then they come back and yeah, <laughs> but I just see like that backfiring too because it's like again people are gonna make a story if McGregor returns after six to eight months and yeah. he loses. What are they going to say? Yeah. Oh, well, his leg, he came back too quick and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, you know, he didn't give himself enough time. So I see that being a problem too. If I were him, I'd be like, man, just take the whole year. Like, obviously get better while you're healing, but yeah. don't come back too soon. It's just not necessary. So anyways, we'll see. It's not like he doesn't have the money. He's posting up with his new yacht. So <laughs> yeah, the Lamborghini. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't imagine everything on that day. Anyway, um, I want to move on to the next part now. Uh, the next upcoming massive uh, MMA fight is going to be this Sunday between Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. Now, we know that TJ Dillashaw got popped for uh, PDs and he's now served his suspension and he's coming back to fight Corey Sanhagen. Now, Corey Sanhagen is a fucking beast, man. Um, do you feel like... Uh, this is the right matchup for Dillashaw. Do you feel like they're just coming back and throwing them straight to the wolves? I think this is a like the toughest opponent Dillashaw could face. Like, mm. I think Dillashaw would probably have an easier time fighting Sterling and Jan compared to Sanhagen. Because mm. I believe Corey Sanhagen is actually better than Peter Jan. Maybe not technically. Maybe Peter Jan has like, uh, or Petter, whatever you say his name. Uh, Jan has better technique, like maybe his his jab or his cross is better. But I think like Sanhagen just mixes up so well. Like you never know what's coming next. It could be a jab, leg kick, flying knee, the heel kick, like spinning wheel kick or whatever. Like he's just so good at mixing it up. And yeah. so um, he kind of reminds me of like a Max Holloway at 135, kind of. not Maybe not as volume heavy, but like similar style. Tall, lanky, and like is good at everything. Maybe not like on the ground, but um tj dillashaw couldn't have fought a tougher guy to, cu- to come yeah. back and i do think two years off of not fighting i think it's been a little more than two years now actually yeah. um of not fighting top caliber opponents in his last fight he didn't really fight because like the fight ended in what 30 seconds with the henry Cejudo fight um so he hasn't really had like a proper fight in more than two years and I just think Corey Sanhagen, like he destroyed, um, almost said Miles Morales. Marais, what's his uh, first name? I forget. I forget. Marlon uh, Marais. There we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Miles yeah. And uh, I've, I've fallen for that a couple of times as well. You know, trust me. Yeah. It's two of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also he knocked out Frankie Edgar at that flying knee in like 30 seconds. So. That was, yeah, that was a tough KO. But, yeah, I think TJ Dillashaw is biting off more than he can chew. I think he's just not going to be able to, to keep up with Corey Sanhagen. I think Sanhagen will be faster. And then, you know, people are saying that Dillashaw won't have the advantage because of the EPO. Um, what's his name? Um, the guy from that he had beef with. Um, I Corey, see his face. Uh, 
Cody Garbrandt? Yeah, Cody Garbrandt, yeah. He was claiming that TJ was on EPO way before, like he even tested hot, right? He's like, yeah, you're teaching people how to do EPO in the gym. And this is before he tested positive in the Cejudo fight. So who knows? Maybe he's been on EPO for a while now. Um, and so who, if he's coming in super clean, two years without fighting, I think Corey Sennigan finishes him in two rounds is my guess. Yeah, that second round really is deadly. Uh, mm. 2021 is the year of the second round, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's, fuck. I mean, I thought, I was like, um, I was like grabbing my mate. When we were watching uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, uh, at the end of the first round, I didn't know they'd broken his leg. And then I turned to him and said, yeah, I reckon this is going to be it. And then I was like, oh no, he broke his leg. But there, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure... At, when it comes to second round, everybody in the bar just leans forward and just focuses a hundred times more fight because they just want to be yeah. ready to go. You know, what I mean, that's how yeah. I see it. Um, and, and so, also next thing I wanted to bring up was uh, now, believe it or not, we've got Tyron Woodley versus the Jake Paul boxing match coming up. Uh, yeah. Now, recently, now this morning before I opened up, we started. I sent the link. Yeah, apparently there's talk between Anderson Silva and Logan Paul to do a boxing match. And I was like, Jesus. Okay, interesting. Um, we'll get your individual points. But first, I wanted to ask you about Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. Do you feel like this... Uh, it, what, what, what's your thoughts in general about the fight? The Paul brothers, honestly, I think what they're doing is, is smart. Um, I'm not going to be a hater and stuff like that. And the thing that sucks yeah. is I feel like I can't post about it on social media because I get so much hate. Last time I posted something about them, I swear I lost like at least 12 followers or something. <laughs> Literally, like I posted it and I was like, whoa, my followers are going down. Um, and yeah, I think what they're doing is cool. I think if Woodley loses, oh, it'll be such a tough L, man, because it's like he already gets a lot of like, you know, memes made about it yeah, yeah, yeah. in another love with you song and yeah. just in general like a lot of people hate on Woodley so if he like gets KO'd especially against Jake Paul that would just destroy his career um, and then going on to um, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather that obviously was a disaster um, that fight was terrible <laughs> a lot of hugging and like a lot of people are hating on Floyd for not stopping Logan, but I mean, Floyd was like 150 pounds. Logan Paul is like more than 200, and he's an athlete. So I I didn't expect the KO. I expected it, I guess, to for him to box him up a little bit, but I guess it kind of makes sense. He's also 43. But then lastly, Anderson Silva, um, he's not in his prime. I don't know if Anderson's 47 now or whatever he is. I don't know how old he is, but he's still got some skills. But then again, Logan Paul is fighting a way bigger dude compared to Floyd Mayweather, who actually knows what he's doing with his hands. So this one, I can see Logan Paul getting knocked out. So um, I know Anderson's not as good as he used to be, but this is he may be biting off a little more than he can chew with this one. Yeah. Well, one thing I thought was impressive was the way that uh, Anderson Silver fought against Julius Cesar Chavez Jr. Holy sh I watched that fight back twice. I thought, holy crap, the dude's taunting him, you know, and he thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, in terms of Anderson Silva look against Logan Paul, okay, maybe I can definitely see it going Anderson Silva's way, but it feels a little bit more evenly matched now that, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, what's his name? Logan Paul survived to find one of the best boxers in the world. 
you know, now he's got all this experience. He's got a lot more experience under his belt. You know, he's got money, so he can afford. You know, he can afford the best training camps or whatever he wants. But you know, you can't teach heart. And obviously, Anderson Silva's obviously a lot older and he's slowing down. But however, he's more experienced. There's a lot of factors that come into it. But I do agree with you about Anderson Silva finishing Logan. I think just by the way that he fought against Julius Sivachaz was pretty top tier. Like he could definitely pass as a boxer. And the way that Logan Paul fought, I don't, I, like in terms of likability, I, I prefer Logan over Jake. But in terms of boxing skills, I think Jake's better than Logan. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, Logan's just more mature. Yes, he's a little bit of a dork too, but like Jake is just so immature and like all about the headlines and stuff. So yeah. I don't, I don't like that. He does know how to get attention. Like he gets me every time. I'm like, fuck, what's this kid doing now? You know what I mean? So, um, so he's good at doing that, but I agree. I, I can, I can digest Logan more than I can Jake Paul. So that's why I'm saying if like Woodley loses to Jake Paul, like, God. But um, then again, this is the toughest I've been opponent. I'm pretty sure the entire social media platform will be posted that constantly on the spin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wake up and smile every day knowing that Jake Paul got not the fuck out. But <laughs> yeah. So either way, actually, that's a good point. Either way, whoever who wins or loses, if Jake Paul gets knocked out, the whole world will like share it. World Star, yeah. Complex News, wherever, yeah. like anywhere, yeah. will share that shit. And then if the opposite happens, if Woodley gets knocked out, the falling in and out of love with you, the meme with Woodley, like, <laughs> it'll be insane. So either way, we're getting a bunch of memes, that's for sure. Oh, man. That was just, I don't know. I just don't want to see him go down. Whoever loses, Woodley, please don't go down in the first round, man. I would have... <laughs> Ben, I thought Ben was going to be like the savior of MMA and the boxing community. You know, the one guy who got the most humiliation and comes back and gets the most praise. I thought it would be a, mm. a Cinderella story, but yeah, we were wrong about that one. Anyway, uh, fine. Uh, last, last little point I wanted to bring up before we, we wrap this up is uh, is now in the UFC. Also, we have coming up uh, Cyril Garn. Versus Garrett uh, Lewis for the interim heavyweight title, and then rather than Francis Ngannou fighting um, to defend his title, now I wanted to take what your thoughts were on that because I honestly thought that Garrett Lewis was ready to fight Francis Ngannou. So, what's your take? I don't know what's going on with the whole Ngannou situation. I don't think he has an injury. He didn't really get hit in the Sipe fight. Like, Sipe hit him a couple times, but he didn't take much damage. Um, and I know Jones, like, sorry, Ngannou has said he doesn't want to fight Lewis. He wants to fight Jones. And yeah. so when I heard this news about the interim title, I assumed that Jones, like, there was something happening there. I know he yeah. got, like, uh, is it Richard Schaefer? the boxing dude to come help him negotiate with Dana White and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really know what's going on with that yeah. side of things. But if I were to guess the reason why he doesn't want to fight is because he wants to fight Jones instead of Lewis. Like, yeah. I don't think he's afraid of Derek Lewis, even though the first fight was kind of shit. It was a fluke. <laughs> it was a fluke. Yeah, yeah, it was a fluke. Um, 
I just I I don't think that fight's gonna be fun to watch. To be honest, Lewis versus Ngannou. I think it's also gonna be if Ngannou was more gun shy or was gun shy in the first fight. I feel like he's gonna be more gun shy in the second fight because now he has a belt to lose, right? Yeah. So he's like, okay, if I take one wrong misstep and this guy throws a haymaker at me, I'm going down, which is actually less likely because Ngannou has a chin made of diamond or something. I don't know. Like I feel like this guy can punch from anybody um but yeah Cyril gone he's he's got some crazy skills he's very agile for a big man um he's got nice elbows nice knees nobody knows what his takedown defense is like but uh Derek Lewis is not going to take him down there right so it's going to be a stand-up fight I feel like Derek Lewis loses every fight until he knocks them out like literally yeah (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you on that one that's true Yeah, cool. he's like the best worst fighter ever. Like, all he needs is one punch, you know, that's all he needs. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like Suragan's very, very quick for a heavyweight, very, very mm. quick. And I feel like he's gonna cause nightmares for Derek. So, my money was on Suragan for it, but at the same time, Suragan is not really that experienced in the UFC, he's only had like less than 10 fights or something like that. And mm-hmm. Jared Lewis has got the most knockouts in UFC history. So then again, going back on what I said, I feel like, you know, Jared Lewis, even though he's more experienced, he could just need, he just needs that one punch. Yeah. And then in terms of Francis Ngannou, well, either way, man, like you're, you're champion, you've got to defend, you've got to make sure you defend the belt. But I never really wanted John Jones to fight um, for the title straight away. You know what I mean? I, he's been out for too long. I wanted them to find um, Stipe as a two-nut fighter. I felt like that would have been a better, better fight to go. And then if he beats Stipe, he can go fight for the title. So because John's has spent some time vacating the belt. And since then, the lightweight heavyweight division has just moved on really well. Mm. I feel like uh, Jan Blachowicz is a terrific champion. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, anyway, I was gonna so, say, like, the light heavyweight division is looking good. Like, I know, um, what's his name? Um, Jan Blahovic should be facing Glover Teixeira. Then, after yeah, that, I really, really want to see Yuri Prohaska fight for the belt. Yeah. That guy is really good. So hopefully, that works out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, uh, I just want to th- say thanks, man. Appreciate it. We all the best. Now, before we let this wrap this up, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? Anyone you want to thank? Nah, I just uh, appreciate obviously letting me uh, be a part of your podcast today and uh, hopefully we can do it again in the future and may the growth continue for the both of us. Hopefully the success down the road. Awesome, man. Well, well, I'll tell you what we will do. I will get you back in about a month or so and you can have your brother on as well and then I can have two of you on at once and uh, just just keep this going, man, because I felt like I've really enjoyed this one. I feel like you've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a lot of stuff we can talk about and I feel like we can definitely grow up each other from here. Okay, man? All the best. Thank you very much for your time, man. Once again, Asher from MMA Brothers Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Alrighty.